You are listening to... Belly Bounce! Ling Long Ling. Yeah, that's it. Too no, slow. Belly Bounce! Ling Long Ling. I really want the Belly Bounce Ling Long Ling, Ling thing to work. Maybe because that's an example of the two of us working together. You're listening to Russell and Matt on Audio Boom. This is some of the best bits of the way that we learn to be the broadcasters you're listening to now. Russ, Matt, G Audio Boom. Being very much on a spiritual quest. Have you? Very much on a spiritual quest. It's hard to... I mean, almost immediately you state, I'm on a spiritual quest. That's not the sort of thing a person on a spiritual quest would openly state. Because no. I suppose it's like you've got an objective in mind, you've got an agenda. But I went to India, and I think, like, if you're going to believe in God, you can't go, oh, I believe in God when I'm in this country, or, you know, that, that's really, that's just about aesthetics. But it does seem to be, if you make people dirt poor, they will be more willing to believe in God and generally be cooperative. Even in a prison, like when I was in Louisiana State Penitentiary, a.k.a. Angola. When you were in there? For a week. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you do? I really got... I, God, I must have served a week in that place. I really got to work out my, my grammatical structures because of like things that I do say. I was in the Marines. I've been saying yeah, quite a lot. For I? a day? For a day. Filming. <laughs> I was in Angola State. You met the Marines. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and you I, went to... Well, you did... Yeah, you did go to the prison, but... I don't know how different... The, I mean, God, I don't know how different the experience is if you actually are a prisoner. Having recently watched the film Start Up... Uh, have you seen the film Start no, Up? But what is that about? It's about... Uh, Start Up is Hierarchy. an expression... It, yeah, often a prison film is about hierarchy, social structures, gangs, conflict, masculinity, and start up is no exception. A young lad is starred up from a young offender's home into right. a normal prison where his dad is, and to, keen to establish himself with the other prisoners, he goes on a violent <laughs> rampage almost from the get-go. Very, I think what it, it makes much of the ingenuity of a um, of people stripped at a. Uh, of like the normal uh, you know paraphernalia of life as soon as he arrives there you think what's he got that baby all for but you find out that when his cell gets raided after he brutalises some other bloke almost accidentally he's like he's got so he much covers him. that's what Charles Bronson does doesn't it he covers himself in butter so they can't grab him if you went into prison and you were taking baby oil though is they like well, a bit have worrying. you got a baby <laughs> what are you doing with this <laughs> that's coming off you for a start and also like covering yourself in butter as that Charles Bronson reportedly often does it's a, like it's an horrible smell that yeah no, I don't think he's doing it as aftershave <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so they can't hold on to him but that's stupid isn't it because you're only slowing they're going to grab you once you're like, in, I'm a bar of soap. <laughs> just like, Goodbye, you smells. <laughs> and also, if you're covered in butter, does he do his feet? He must be a danger to himself. <laughs> yeah, he was slipping. And he'll go, that's police brutality. <laughs> <laughs> I slipped oh, I slipped over and banged his head on the bunk bed. I can't believe it's not institutionalised <laughs> violence. <laughs> Why is he doing that to himself, Charles Bronson? In the, yeah, so in the film... Um, Starred up, you know, it's one of those. I suppose it's the scum of our time, right? You know? Yeah, and uh, like, I, I thought I would not do well with prison life. I don't think you would, no. Because my whole identity is built around showing off and individualism, and like in prison and freedom, free <laughs> freedom to do pretty much as I please. Like yeah. I come up against the slightest obstacle. Like for example, I go to the bowling alley, taking uh, my friend who happens to be an eight-year-old. Her mum was there as well. 
uh, and they said no bowling, you know, no bowling with children. And uh, with children, well, hang on, it's a bowling. Oh, there's a <laughs> it's an adult bowling alley. After five adults only to create oh, right. a more. That's because cool you took vibe. it to a trendy one. Yeah. In East London, didn't Which you? Just because it was the nearest one, but you're right, it was yeah. trendy. It was so trendy, it excluded me. I wasn't in keeping with the trend. Right. So I just had to, I had to leave. They go, you can come back again with that kid tomorrow at one, which I did. And then they said, you have to book. You've not booked. And oh I was my like, God. hold on a minute, I was here yesterday, and they knew I was there yesterday, and I'd done photographs with people when I was there yesterday, and then they kicked me right. I'll tell you what, the level of few, I didn't, expressed the level of fury because I was with the, uh, the child but yeah. I felt so angry and incensed that it makes me think I would not cope well with prison life I love like, that that's what you drew from it hmm. do you know what I'm starting to think here with your silly shoes and your <laughs> heavy balls I don't think I'd do well in prison good day <laughs> so what you never bowled I still have to, I, I still haven't got to tell you the truth Matt I don't particularly like bowling no I don't like the, the putting my fingers down those three little holes <laughs> well there you go this just in <laughs> I've heard you say that before I don't I don't like wearing those shoes do you ever get the fear that it might sometimes I think my thumb won't come out yeah and it will pull on my thumb and yeah. just hang there for a second like, and like then it will hit the wood and just roll off to the side with the thumb in it painful and embarrassing I don't like anything that's not the thumb in it <laughs> anything that puts pressure on a socket I don't like no I don't like to feel oh that's socket pressure yeah well sometimes with bowling or darts or anything like that you do too and you think I'm really good at this and then it all goes to pieces and then you've got to play the whole game for ages as soon as I put any weight of expectation upon myself like this is going well it falls yeah. apart. I can't. I'm one of. I'd be very easy to psych out if I was a sportsman because, like, so, right? For example, I was playing uh, table tennis with Jonathan Ross. Here's a show business anecdote. <laughs> I was playing table tennis with Jonathan Ross in his back garden, and I was I was thrashing him. Yeah. I was really doing well. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I don't know, say something like seventeen, ten up, you know, and it's only to twenty-one. Jonathan took off all his clothes till he was naked. Did it to put you off? And he won. He's got massive willy, hasn't he? It didn't help. What, the willy? <laughs> That's right. Did, like, I mean, the whole spectacle. Was he using it as a bat? Just to Just see Just with a there. flick of his hip. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It was really, really unsettling. Why do you do that? Just that... Why were you... Even though I would have been... I would... I like to say to myself, I would too have stripped naked had I not been in his garden and his family there. Right. But the well, fact... he did it in front of his own family. Well, they weren't there. They were the family were. This sounds very odd. <laughs> they were in within. They were in the house, but like they could have come out at any time. So, what did you do to end up in prison? I strangled one of Jonathan's <laughs> daughters <laughs> in a revenge attack <laughs> for losing the table tennis match. Anyway, so like that. Um, so yeah, in I went again. I suppose like my fleeting visits to prison or my scant time with the Marines. Yeah, I went to an ashram in India to meet the hugging saint. Emma, like what she she like have you heard of her well no i've heard of i think i might have heard of her but that i've heard more of that free hugs thing you know where they do free hugs in the street and then people they hold up a sign it says yes you've heard of this free hugs yeah, who does that and i mean what it was is like that? a massive like thing that the connection was on youtube just hugging yes hugging but i'm saying like the the belief in the power of the hug there is definitely a power in the hug i mean i once had a marriage guidance counselor <laughs> that said hugging releases endorphins 
Really? My God. <laughs> I hacked my way for another 11 months of that. <laughs> well, okay. Let's not I mean, he there. was desperate by that stage. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Hug me. Hug um, me. Yeah, so, so she's... Oh, I don't know about it then. She's a hugging saint. Now, Emma... But she can't be a saint if she's still alive. Can he not be canonised in life? I don't think so. I thought it was just three miracles. You do three miracles. Oh, just three miracles. I know. I thought it was just three miracles. I'm on two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well on the way. Thank you very much. One more shared wed well. <laughs> I'm going to be in a lovely predicament. <laughs> yeah, no, you do three miracles. That is the standard. So basically, anyone who is a saint, they've at some point done three miracles. So it's well worth checking. Really? St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. One miracle. Well, I don't know the other two. Was there only three snakes? <laughs> <laughs> and you... <laughs> Oh, 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 what's this certificate? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> right, so she's done three miracles. Yeah. We got, we'll have to find out what they were. That's right. But, I mean, look, if you're going to be... That's just for a Catholic canonised saint. And I know you're uh, a Catholic okay. and I don't want to mock your religion. Perhaps being a saint in other realms is just to be a true representation of higher qualities of life. And having met Emma, she does run along on the vibe of love. Uh, G, who's also here with us, we went and visited Emma. The first time I met Emma was in uh, Manhattan. She was doing mm-hmm. like a hugging gig at a great big 5,000-seater uh, venue. How much was the ticket? Nothing. Okay, I like her. <laughs> that's one miracle <laughs> yeah, it was not. free it's free uh, like, like, so but was she selling t-shirts and stuff exactly yeah. it's complex par- I bought G a calendar he's still got it to this day tell me about like that, the Amber calendar that's how I know she does merch <laughs> <laughs> she does have merch at the back what's a bit weirder is you could buy like her nighties what you could buy a saint's nighties that she's worn that's right oh <laughs> it's a bit why because are they like what she's hang on this is a scam <laughs> you're already at, at she sells a scam. her 90s not even arrived at the ashram she's not it's not like out of the real back saint, of the van one ninety for about 50 years <laughs> <laughs> I win that night again I wore it last <laughs> night there's a new one box fresh some <laughs> mug will buy that one it's got poop up the back of it who cares <laughs> I put that one I just fine who's done one yeah what a nighty <laughs> Well, and socks and everything, all sorts. Oh, socks and everything. Oh, I can't afford a nighty. I'll just go for a sock. (laughs) How much is that? Two hundred quid. All right. Yeah, she's a real saint, isn't she? Yeah, great. Okay. (laughs) Has she hugged this sock? (laughs) I was going to spend it on Mother's operation, but no, I've got this sock. We'll just pray to this every night. Now, Mother, I've got some good news and some bad news. The good and the bad news is, I'm afraid you're not going to turn your be... machine off. <laughs> but the good news is, your left foot's going to be a lot warmer. <laughs> right. Hello, I'm fishing. You're right, I'm Your operation's not happening. Oh, what's that, Mr. Socky? Well, my mate, we're switching the machine right off. Well, she has. So she's got merch up the back. Uh, but did the, you buy any clothing? I bought. I bought you a calendar. A calendar. Did you buy a, like anything? I didn't buy the other stuff. To be honest, I had questions and queries about that. But okay. look, look. Let's me just state right. from the outset. I'm just being cynical. I know you are, and I'll just state from the outset. I like. I don't know about the mysticism or the miracles of the unknown and all that. But what this woman's like, you know, like sort of if you meet someone who's claiming to be a saint or whatever, or the, the 
charges that are often levelled at me. It's like, well, hold on a minute, you're a bit of a hypocrite, and you know, you go around in that fancy yeah. car. She don't go around in a fancy car or anything like that. She just kips on the floor. Her ashram, where she lives, what I visited, is where her village was, where she was born. Now the whole village is sort of like sort of dedicated to her. Ten thousand people live there, and like say for example, when that tsunami happened, was that two thousand and four? They straight away they're out there. They've since that tsunami built one hundred twenty five thousand homes for people like there in, right. in in southern India, and like the sort of the work that the philanthropic and humanitarian work that they've done is of such a staggering degree. Five universities built across India, hospitals, all that. Where's the money for that coming? She doesn't charge for the gigs. That can't all be coming from Don't old socks. <laughs> Another sock, 10k. Yeah, so I just no. up by a new village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look at these, knee eye. That's five part with it. So she's, no, I'm not saying like, I'm, like that sounds really good. The money's coming from donations. Yeah. I mean, in right. a way, oh, okay. she is just like the facilitator of these donations, yeah, you know, right. because people believe in her because she has literally, dedica- I mean, this is like my experience with it, just to sort of like to balance the cynicism. At the end of me staying there for just a couple of days, I'm going to stay there a week, but it's too hardcore, Matt. The room I was staying in, I mean, it's, what? it's not air conditioned. Actually, they did have a little air conditioning unit, but it's very sparse. It, the beds are like a pallet beds. I mean, and they felt like pallets as well. I mean, right. very hard, austere. You know, that, that in the end, I end up showering. You know, like, if you're in a country, uh, like, where there's, I don't know, maybe it's a Muslim country, instead of toilet paper, you hose your bum off. Yeah, Thailand. I like that more. That's I a prefer much that. Better it's system. a much better system. There's much no question. Cleaner. No question. That you, like, say what you like about Islam. Yeah. They've got a much <laughs> cleaner system. No, that's <laughs> the only place I've come across it is in Thailand. But, like... Yeah, and that's not Muslim. Imagine what you had from? something on a plate, right? Would you wipe the plate with a... What is the thing? Paper towel. What's name? Poo. <laughs> Firstly, who's no, my dinner? It, that's my first question. Say it's ketchup, right? Ketchup. Would you clean the stuff off the plate with a tissue and then put it back in the cupboard no you wouldn't but this would you spray it off with water and put it in the cupboard yes you would so that's why my would argument. you not why would you not give your own bottom the care that you'd give a plate that's the matt morgan theory yeah, you can eat your dinner off this <laughs> <laughs> nice good work well quite anyway i end up using that hose as what sh- shower Oh, really? I showered myself. That's the level of austerity I was dealing with. Well, how else were you meant to shower? You, you just weren't. used the shower. <laughs> <laughs> but I but don't it was know. too far away. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> and my sedan chair had broken. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, actually, it, the water pressure wasn't great. Anyway. I'm oh, not sa- God. I'm not, this was... spiritual journey went about an inch. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were meant to stay there a week, but you left after two days, right? How did you? How embarrassing was that when you went to reception? Ah, I've reached enlightenment <laughs> way before I thought I would, and I'm all right now, and I want to go home. Who's that there? I can. Are you a human being? All I can see is cosmic light everywhere. Anyway, I'm so not you've staying. You've got to pay your bill. Who said that? It's just a voice. Nothing means anything. Yeah, oh, take and- my sock. <laughs> <laughs> I put my bottom on it. <laughs> I used all the water for my shower. <laughs> Where did you go after that then? To a posh hotel. Why do you want to ruin it for? I'm not trying to ruin it. I'm trying to get the truth out of the matter. I've still not finished being at the ashram. Okay. The cuddles themselves have a real pizzazz. How much? How many cuddles do you get a day? I've got loads. Well, I was rushed just... to the front. Right. I've got VIP cuddles. But, but you get whole... one and then you get you wait like an hour and get another one or? I, 
Could you much. overdose on them? I had them on tap, which was Did more you? than could be said for water, which I had to fire out of a bottom hose. <laughs> but like, no, I, I had good access to the to the cuddles because we were getting. What does it feel like morning. when you have them? Nice. She pulls you right in. She's called Amma. That means mother. And it's right. almost like she's distilled down. What is it that people, everyone in the world wants love? Everyone needs love. Just distill it down in a complete non-judgmental way. And like when she started her whole hugging thing as a teenager, everyone down the village thought she was a nutter because she was just wandering up to everyone hugging them. Oh, right. So it started... Down the village. She didn't... Because you just said she thought like as if she planned it what are people like they like the word mother they like cuddles right look at these pricks here every man jack of them well, what would they give for a little cuddle now who's gonna give the cuddles yours truly I'll be quitting uh, ten quid a sock everyone's a winner so she started in a village just as a normal little girl Just she's a suddenly- fisherman's daughter from right. uh, Kerala, southern India. Once the Swamis heard about this hugging girl, they all went and checked her out. And it turns right. out, hold on a minute, these aren't just normal hugs this woman's giving. She's coming from a perspective of divine consciousness. So they're like spiritual Simon Cowles. They go, they've gone, you got it, kid. You got it, kid. Whatever it is, you You've got, got it. it. And give I us said another to myself, hug. that is a number one single. <laughs> I like, so like, yeah, like they sort of sanctified her, and from, right. and they're not like sort of. And I suppose sort of what it is is that, that from there's no angle, there's nothing like that. Look, although obviously we're approaching it comedically, we, uh, that as is our obligation. There's not anywhere you can look. Where it's like, well, hold on a minute, and she's sniding hundred a million quid out of this. Right, that, right, right. Everything just goes in service. Everything she she spends all day just hugging people. What's funny though in ashram life is that normal hierarchies do spring up. You know. You do see advantage, uh, examples of egotism, pride, self-centeredness, certainly from me. just you? <laughs> it's like a hustle to the cuddle front. Uh, I'm not letting go of her. Uh, there's a whole infrastructure around the cuddles. You know, like when you're going on a roller coaster, you sort of think that's the end of the roller coaster queue. Then there's uh, another yeah. bit of roller coaster queue that's maybe roped off or zigzaggy. Yeah. It's like that as you're approaching the cuddle for people to think so that the queue brings you right near it. Then, oh, oh uh, zigzag round yeah. in the snakes and ladders. And like you sort of... And, there's all sort of Brahman, which is sort of like priest people, yeah. both male and female, everyone robed up. 10,000 people, aircraft hangar in the middle of India. Like, you know, and they're sort of, as you're approaching, you have to, they sort of manhandle you a bit to get you into position for the cuddle because she's know. cuddling. Like, over the course of the day, she'll cuddle 10,000 people. It just goes on all day. Like, so it, it requires all So they all this fluff you for a cuddle. They sort of line you up. You for get it. a cuddle fluffed without question. And the other reference that I might like to say, she sits in this armchair, and behind the armchair is like a suite for someone, this round she here. She doesn't stand There's up. There's all behind it. No, she sat, you come right in. Oh, and right. Put your I thought she stood the, up cuddling people. No, she sat perched on a stage in a chair, all surrounded by the paraphernalia and aesthetics of Hinduism. The yeah. thing that was most like, and I'm sorry to use this reference, was the uh, Jumal Fix It chair. Like, you know, with those, like where the yeah, stuff was yeah, in yeah. The, the arms. Yeah. And behind it, there's like someone will give you a little bit of, like you get a little bit of ash, you get sweet, you get all that little... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's eerily really similar. Yeah. You get a wish grounded. There's cigar ash on your head. <laughs> 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 then she utters her sacred mantra. No, actually, actually, so there's like all this power and finale and infrastructure around the hug itself. When you get in the hug, I'm sort of, obviously I'm sort of, on one, like, I, I went one, I've been twice, man out, and then I went in Ali Pali for one similar thing. Thousand, thousand people there, merch up. Well, the so back. you've gone like, like a, you're a groupie. Yeah. You've seen her in New York, devoted Ali Pali in London, yes, and in Kerala in India, where yeah. it is. Yeah, I've got a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember me? <laughs> same, same as before. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Emma, my boyfriend's in there. <laughs> a lot of people's boyfriends are in there. <laughs> yeah, so like, um. <clears throat> No, like, 
And the, the oh my god, I mean, it was actually sort of quite amazing. It's quite amazing. When she pulls you in for the hug, she just murmurs something down your ear roll. I'm gonna it's you sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching you in the queue, <laughs> jumping around like an idiot. <laughs> Get out. They might think I'm giving you a cuddle. You better, you're gonna walk nice and slow <laughs> in the back, and then you're gonna buy a pair of socks for a monkey, and you're gonna get yourself back to London. <laughs> no, like, so it's a nice, it's a very nice feeling. But I tell you what, like when everyone's asking, you know, do you believe in God? Like, like, and when you're yourself are questioning the existence of God, aren't all of us sort of on some level going, show me a sign, God, show me a sign, show me you're real? You're asking to see some connection between your inner world and outer world. There are moments around Amma. Where like that, I felt total collision and collusion of my inner state and outer state. Like that, that woman on some level, like they, them lot, the proper hardcore devotees. I was looking on the New Year's Eve night. I was sat right beside her. Honestly, mate, ten thousand people there. It was a bit like it was like Nuremberg. She's thing like they're singing all these songs, all bongo drums and everything. The kids put on a plate. It weren't very good. <clears throat> <laughs> but like, but uh, like, uh, but uh, her like her bit, like you know, she said all the children just naturally sort of all flock to her. She sat there and like you know, she's singing these songs. Now the, the you know like our Christmas songs are a bit you know, good king Wenceslas. There's no real yeah, you yeah. know way in a manger. Well, their songs that they're doing on New Year's Eve, it's deep. It's like the nature of reality is fundamentally flawed. We are in a mission of pure consciousness, burn away carnality in the flesh, unify with the essential nature, and all using the names of gods and goddesses. It's like powerful stuff. Yeah. And then there's bits where you have to go like, hello. Like that, and everyone throws their hands in the air. Honestly, it was the like, cross between football, Nuremberg, and like some weird church thing. The vibe got intense on New Year's Eve, real intense. Yeah. And I look around, like about uh, most of the people were just staring in total devotion <clears throat> at her. Oh, not you. No, I was sat to the side on a plastic garden chair thinking, how long could this go on? <laughs> hey, no, I believe there's something in it that well, she's what, got. Has she gone clear? Has she gone like that's she's what become... It, it might be that because there's a real sort of, I mean, like bear in mind it's a woman from the south of India. She's got no sort of social advantage. She's daughter of a fisherman. And like, as I say, her whole life is devotional. She's not doing anything else. She's not like, oh, maybe I'll get a TV show. I mean, when you look yeah. at any great person's life, even people that are flawed, like the kind of people I've talked about, Messiah Complex, Che Guevara, Gandhi, Malcolm X, the the defining thing is I'm prepared to give my life over to this cause and if it means dying for it no problem like yeah. you know even if you took it I've sort of said even if you took it on the most mundane secular level this person has done these unbelievable philanthropic and anthropological things you know yeah. not anthropological uh, just philanthropic lovely things and like um and I've and also said, like, with her achievements, if you found out she'd, like, nutted a few people off and there'd been people murdered, you'd still go, well, you know, at least she built them hospitals. But the fact that it's all just been done really on sort of cuddling. Did she ever, is, there a, is the cuddle exactly the same for everyone? Or sometimes no. would she hold on a bit longer or something? One bloke, he dragged his cuddle out for about 10 minutes by asking questions. I was like, I was peeved at him. Really? I got, I got. You changed real... your hair. I, I saw you in Berlin. What <laughs> <laughs> sort of questions? I mean, it's mad. There's like Indian farmers. Some he was Indian. I don't know what he was saying. Like you know, because the majority of people there are Indian, but there's loads of Westerners like me. I got special treatment, sat at the side for a long time. And there was an amazing bit where she gave babies their first meal, and all these babies from around the world were brought out. Some of them were wearing makeup. It was crazy. I mean, it this was one of the most crazy. visually rich and evocative experiences in my life. But it did feel like what you do feel like. In any high system, you're going to get hierarchies. And like, and there were bits as well where you could see she was wound up by stuff. Like, she was like, oh, there's really? music. You sort it out. Sort the audio out. You know, she was saying it. It's New Year's Eve, guys. Come on. We're going to be having fun. This doesn't come around every year. It does every year. But I mean, come on, just but once. Um, 
you know, you could see, well, I learned a lot from watching that about leadership and like that, you know, people do have like, you know, having like being, uh, being objectionable or finding the fact that people have got egos and irritating is like finding the fact that people have got toes irritating. Yeah, yeah. It's just something that people have. It's human. an unavoidable attribute yeah. of I'd prefer to beings. see that. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. There was one bit at the end you meant to sort of like get offer something up. You know, like a sort of because I got a mantra off of her. Secret, oh, did you? Obviously, and like, um, yeah, I've been doing it. How many mantras you got in your box cut, now? Cut, uh, I've got a fair few mantras. I've learned loads of. I've learned the Ari Krishna's ones. I've learned her one. Anyway, you meant to give something. The only thing I had was this pair of sunglasses. And I really like these sunglasses, and I was sort of thinking, how much of this spiritual journey has this been that the idea of giving up these sunglasses sickens you me? Should have done lock of hair. Well, give a lock of my own hair. Yeah. You wouldn't want these foolish products of the modern age. <laughs> I shall give you a lock of my own hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of offered them. She didn't want them anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Would she try them on? No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she weren't remotely interested in the sunglasses. Anyway, I think I learned some things spiritually on that. Now, I'll I, I tell you why I think religion is important, because I think that all of us are trying to navigate and negotiate with the unknown. That's what I think is happening. Science is trying to unravel and question what is, what, how does the world work? How does the universe work? How does the human soul work? It's come up against a dead end in loads of, in loads of, like, can't, what happened before the Big Bang? You know, like, so how does consciousness come into being? Yeah. So many questions remain unanswered. Art tries to provide answers. Poetry tr uh, tries to provide answers. Mr. G will be summarizing the show at, uh, at the end in his customary fashion in a nostalgia pang. Um, you here have got one of the great British poets, Philip Larkin. Oh, yes. Who you are, of whom I love you old are. Larkin. Why do you love Larkin? Philip Larkin of Coventry. When was he like, sort of like 19, what, 60s, um, 70s, 80s? When he was... Yeah, 60s, wasn't it? Or the, f I don't know, let's have a look. I had a good story about Larkin. My I story thought. that I've heard about Larkin was uh, Martin Amis, son of Kingsley Amis, like uh, Kingsley Amis and Philip Larkin were great friends. And he sort of thought, and he was, saw him at a gathering, the two of them talking. He thought, oh, look at these two great men of letters, these great geniuses of the English language. Uh, cartographers of the new territories of the soul what are they talking about and he went over and he was only seven or eight you know when you're at a party when you're a kid and like uh, Philip Larkin was going my bloody gas bill is a fortune I just won't pay <laughs> you know they were just braying on about yeah yeah it's the same as Emma isn't it it's like still human you're stuck here in this human human vessel so why, why have you well, been interested in the poems of Larkin well at first Right, so obviously there's his most famous poem, Obeyed, however you say that, Obeyed, A-U-B-A-D-E, about like the inevitability of death, inevitability oh. of death. And what? it's really powerful and sad and like amazing. Um, but it's so miserable. He's such a miserable. Look at this from, I mean, I don't interrupt you, but yeah. Gareth, the producer of the show, has just passed me this scratched out note. He lived down my street. I saw him every morning. <laughs> That's a poem. <laughs> That's like, yeah, it's pretty Did you? you saw Philip Larkin. You shout every out, morning. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so he really? was like a professor at Hull University. You lived in Hull. And you just used to see him shuffling around. Did he? Yeah. He looked a bit like Eric Morecambe, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, really like him. Mm. Suspicious. Very so, much like. No, he's he, like, he's so depressing and miserable that it becomes funny. Yeah. Like, well, almost like some of it you just think oh god that's really because obviously like they fuck you up your mum and dad they don't mean to you know you know that sort of stuff mm. it's so miserable that 
it's sort of funny if you think like we just did a natural comedic voice to us like Alan Bennett sort uh. of oh dear sort of sighing voice yeah. if you start reading it in that voice they become really funny like our elephant man there's a point where the pathos and pain of his predicament tips over into oh come on mate cheer up <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you because he's too grateful come on mate eat a peanut yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I forget about it in the morning. Nah, mate, joking, nah. Yeah, so like, what well, you think that's yeah, true? Yeah, you can't sustain that mood too long without, like, uh, if I try, I was trying to write this horror thing, this treatment for a horror film. Yes. But yeah, you do sort Is of go. Well, yeah, if you've got like, if you see the silly side of things, you can't be serious. Because it's a genre. So you can do it. Yeah, you made a commitment. You can't just suddenly go. Actually, this will work as a comedy film. I'm but not anyway. even bloody well scared of ghosts. <laughs> go on, tell us. Right, about. listen to this. The mower, right? Should I do it in that voice? Mm. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The mower stalled twice. Kneeling, I found a hedgehog jammed up against the blades. Killed. It had been in the long grass. I'd seen it before and even fed it once. Now I'd mauled its unobtrusive world unmendably. Burial <laughs> was no help. Next morning I got up and it did not. The first day after a death, the new absence is always the same. We should be careful of each other. We should be kind while there's still time. Mother? <laughs> it sounds like... But what's funny about it is it's like, well, first of all, he killed a hedgehog with his lawnmower. It's clumsy. It's stupid. How long was the grass? It'd have to be eight, cut ten it. inches long. To yeah, to cover a hedgehog. And also, like, a hedgehog is substantial. It's like, say, that's like two tennis balls worth of matter. To sort of go... Gah, 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 in yeah. that. I think I'd notice as soon as you nudged it. And he says... I think he'd done it on purpose. Yeah, listen, the mower stalled twice. Right. Well, right? Well, so the first time... First time... Blood all over his legs. <laughs> Spy, like, oh, spines all coming out. Just reverse spine. and see what that was. Oh, I've done it again. Oh. But it's just funny, the whole thing. Like, I oh, little it. Mrs. Tiggy Wiggle bonnet and apron <laughs> flying out, spattered in blood. On with the mowing. But yeah. he goes, I even fed it once. Just once. And he goes... Nim, he butchered it twice. Burial was no help, right? So he, he didn't even bother to bury it. Well, I know, I think he did. But he still but he felt bad help. after. Oh, right. I thought he meant like, burial's no use. I just throw it over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing when my cousin died. I just kicked him into a skip. I mean, what's the point of burial, mother? Um, yeah, but and, and also he goes, next morning I got up and it did not. But hedgehogs are nocturnal. So right. he's got no knowledge of the hedgehog. Even after killing one, he's not thought, let me learn of their customs and ways. Like, like I'll go on a journey of redemption. Yeah. I'll find out about their habits and their ways. Find maybe an orphan hedgehog. Look after that. Yeah. Bring it up. Like in the end of Gandhi, he go like some bloke comes to Gandhi, and he goes, "Gandhi, eat, eat." Gandhi's on hunger strike as usual. Right, right. Just sulking, and and eat, Gandhi, eat. Says this bloke. And he, there's no point in. I can't be saved. Says the guy. Clearly, you know, saying something like he wants to be questioned. I can't be saved. Why? What have you done? Says Gandhi. He's knackered. He's been on hunger strike for ages. And he goes, I've done something terrible. I killed a little Hindu boy. The Hindus and the Muslims are at each other. It's a very dis troubling time just before the British got out of India. Yeah. And he goes, there's nothing I'll do. I'm going to hell. I've killed this little Hindu boy. Uh, and he goes, tell us about it. He goes, well, I lost it. I strangled a little Hindu boy about that big. He puts his hand out. I throttled him. And he goes, and Gandhi goes, well, instead of calling the police like any sane person, Gandhi's obviously famished. He goes... Well, what you have to do is you have to find yourself a Muslim... No. Yeah, a Hindu boy. About... Strangle him. 
<laughs> oh, right. I thought he was going to say find one from the other side and strangle him to even uh, it out. <laughs> I mean, no, it might well, be a no. bad idea. I'm very hungry. <laughs> Put it, this little Muslim boy to a sandwich, bring it back here in half hour. Because I am bloody starving. No, he goes, and then you've got to bring that Muslim boy up as your own. I can't remember uh, the right, okay. Hindu Muslim. He shouldn't he be killed... trusted with a kid after After that. What you need to do after strangling a boy is get another boy and be nice to it. <laughs> well, I think anyway, he's got to raise this right. other kid in the religion that's not his own religion, this bloke. Right. Look, you're best to check the bit of Gandhi because I don't think I'm truly doing justice <laughs> to the, this masterpiece of filmmaking by Attenborough and indeed the great life of one of the great prophets of our time or at least activists. I don't know how you want to term Gandhi. But anyway, what Larkin could now do as a hedgehog murderer... Is get, an get another hedgehog. Raise it. How do you raise a hedgehog? Kindness, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Hedgehogs don't come with a rule book, mate. Sauce of milk. You raise it with love and kindness. He look. I cleaned my teeth and it did not. The things he's saying. I yeah. made mother breakfast and it did not. He doesn't understand I went hedgehogs. Park. It did not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I wrote fled. a poem about killing hedgehog. It, it did, did not. not. I ran. Past, I see a fox, I legged it and tried to get in my butt. Oh, it actually, it did do that one. It would have, had I not mowed it up with my flymo. I just love his, like, the, the, the sad, depressing sort of voice. It's almost like Larkin's looking for a mood to be... Like, he's looking for an excuse. Yeah, he's trying to crowbar to... that mood onto other moments. But, oh, the oh, bus yeah. was late today. You know, it's that oh. small things that he's... Once again, a reminder of the impermanence of all things. He's aggressively The depressing. milk's gone off. The milk's gone off as my blood surely shall, curdling in my veins. Philip, what is it down about for? Apparently, he loved a bird, didn't he? Larkin? Yeah, he liked women. And a lot of the poems are about, like, well, people said I should get married, but all my married friends aren't very happy, so there. It's, all, <laughs> it's a lot of that sort of thing. But, like, he's... Um, Hedgehogs mate for life. Not this one. I mowed it up, so there. <laughs> oh, I do love him, though. Yeah, so do I. I mean, there's no question that Philip Larkin was a, a very great, if somewhat... Uh, I'd like to know how many other animals he murdered as well. And also, he's got a poem about mowing the lawn, not about hedgehogs, but he mentions cutting the grass is killing it. He goes, there's the blades of grass lay dead. So Another one. He mows lawns a lot, and he's always trying to read a depressing context into it. It's like his only commitment to domestic duty is that lawn mowing, isn't it? Yeah. But why is he... Like, you wouldn't expect him to mow his own lawn, would you? Wasn't he quite successful? Mind you, he worked in a library. Well, Gareth, yeah, I used to see him. I mean, Gareth, this is, it must have been the 80s when Gareth was going to school. I've seen him in the latest 90s. Was it, Gal? 80s. And there's Larkin. See, what I wonder is... about hedgehog blood all up your shins. I mean, his poems are amazing, and that voice is, you know, like that sort of depressing tone. But do you think... He thought, like a lot of successful people do, go, oh, this was, this is working, people like this. And then you're sort of stuck being it. Yeah, I think that might have happened. Do you know what I mean? Probably he was actually feeling quite upbeat. These poems are smelling like hotcakes. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm churning them out. Oh, God. Oh, hello, oh, Vic. Oh, dear. Dear, what's the point? Isn't it a bleak day today? Oh, no, Philip, I read your latest it? poem. It was fantastic. Could do 
Ooh, no, oh, no, it's rubbish. No, <laughs> don't even read it. Oh, read, don't read that one. That's, I'm oh, very proud oh, look of that at one. That. Oh, it's so evocative. <laughs> Why? It's you're like Virgil. Oh, Philip. Oh, it's no, it's poppycock. <laughs> no, I tell you what, oh, you're the no. future. Now, Philip, would you mind coming around because the grass in my garden's <laughs> getting rather long, <laughs> infested with precious treasured mammals. Oh, tangled the... lead. Uh, it's knotted up. No, well, oh, oh, it's like death. <laughs> no, well, and also this shrubbery. Could you cut oh, that Oh, the back? shed. The lock on the shed doesn't quite meet up. Up, just like life itself <laughs> and death. Well, that's all you need. A bit of WD-40. <laughs> that'll be right this way, to be honest, Philip. Don't, 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 don't let it ruin your day. This is my advice to you. My shoes have gone green on the bottom, <laughs> like a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must fly. Glad we ran into each other. I haven't other. done the streaming yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'll do it myself on the weekend because it keeps me fit to stream, to be honest. But it, I, I mean, not that I don't oh, enjoy our sure, physics. it's no bother. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> you had a gardening business, <laughs> cleaning out a pond. You can imagine it, couldn't you? Card in the window. Gardens done, Gardens life done. undone. Larkin, <laughs> call this number. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Larkin's Gardens. <laughs> Russell Matt and Mr. G here with their proficiency, wizardry efficiency, a little bit of vanity. Russell, peaceful anarchy, fighting for humanity. We only got one guarantee, there's sure to be hilarity. Cadbury's uh, cream eggs have changed. Yeah, they I mean, have. I happen to know that Mr. Cadbury, for all the, I think Willy Wonka... He's based on that. Is he? Well, wasn't he Makes like... Makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, was, it wasn't Cadbury's village. Like, everyone who worked at the factory lived, in, lived the in the village. But there were weird rules about how long the grass could be. Larkin. And there was... Ooh, look at that. There was That's weird rules about what colour the fence could for be. hedgehogs, that law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've done two cats and a dog this week. <laughs> <laughs> Burial's no good for them. <laughs> um, well, Kraft, with a K, the American company, have bought Cadbury's... Evil. They don't care. And like, so what happened they was... They straight was, away shut down some of the factories. They went, we won't shut down any of your and factories. And then they shut them then down. They shut them down. They've changed the... Like, because the Cadbury's cream egg, the chocolate used to be dairy milk chocolate. So nice, that's why lovely. they were nice, right? What have they done? They taste of soap now. Bastards. Not a cream egg. Is this true? Gareth's nodding solemnly. Yeah. It's provoked a greater reaction than bringing up... Well, yeah, that was a sort of sad nod. Like, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry so. to say, guys, so. It's all true. Yeah, I wish I could say it one, but it is. So, like, the, I haven't had a cream, a cream egg, but I used to, I mean, I think I overdid it, being a greedy boy. Like, if you eat too much of that, would you call that a fondant? Fondant, yeah. At the middle of it? Fondant. <laughs> yeah, mum, give us some fondant. Oh, oh. <laughs> Pass me the fondant. How do you say N-O... Jean-Claude fondant. <laughs> How do you say N-O-U-G-A-T? No. No, the food stuff. Nougat. No. How do you say it? Nugget. Nougat. Yeah, I knew you'd say something. Nugget. What's wrong with that? Nugget. Yeah, it's nugget in there. Nougat. I'm not saying what that. What's nougat? It's pink and white and it had bits in it. It's shit, wasn't it? Yeah. What was the point? But look, go on. What you're saying on. about is Mr. Cadbury, is he the real life Wonka? Have craft ruined cream eggs forever. Well, look. What's your point? My point is I was eating a Cadbury's cream egg, right? Because my toddler wanted some chocolate and he said chocolate eggs because he's obsessed with chocolate eggs. Why? Well, because they have toys in them, Kinder. right? Kinder eggs. But we we're in a shop that didn't have Kinder eggs. So, so I got him a Cadbury's cream egg. And then I thought, oh, I'll have one as well. Why right? not? Memory lane. It tasted of soap. 
Why would you I wasn't change it in the, shower. the taste of chocolate to soap? What what well, mania? No, you know, right, this is what it is. You know that cheap chocolate when you dog's get when chocolate. you're a kid. Yeah, not dog's chocolate. That's that's not just cheap. That's for animals. <laughs> dog chocolate. <laughs> yeah, dog chocolate. Yeah, I've had yeah. that. I used to eat I've that. Had that. Uh, you know, you yeah. find it in the dog bowl. Right. It looks like chocolate. I'm having that. You're a dog. I'm a bloke. <laughs> Chocolate. My no, chocolate. like bad advent calendar <laughs> That's dog's chocolate. chocolate, that. You just ate, mate. You just ate dog's <laughs> chocolate. How'd you feel? About this side. Yeah? <laughs> right. I'm strutting because you're sat there ate dog's chocolate. All right. So you've had low-grade human Yeah, like chocolate. advent calendar chocolate or like... That can be nice. Yeah, it can if it's a branded nice yes. one. But do you remember when you were a Fulton kid and it was like, like sort of brown plasticky chocolate that tasted uh-huh. of chemicals right yeah. but anyway so i googled it and it's a thing and people have been talking about this in, it's caught the imagination proper, of a nation yeah it's a proper thing but um they took they took over the company the eggs have got smaller and they denied that they'd got smaller they denied it yeah they said on their website it's not the eggs haven't got smaller you've got bigger that's which a, is like what, a what? proper conspiracy you don't know how big i am yeah or how long i've been this big you don't know anything about me. Yeah. Now give me my eggs. What if people have just stayed the same size, or even old people who've shrunk? That's like the sort of lie you would tell in a fairy story. That's like the twits. Yeah. That is like another roll doll. This whole thing's from roll doll. It's dark though because what, they go, no, it is you who is insane. Oh no no no! The eggs, my friend, have remained the same. Whilst you, look, look at you, you're ballooned <laughs> because you eat the egg. <laughs> Look at your sausage fat. fingers, fatty. <laughs> Look at your giant bunch of bananas. <laughs> Look like at your piggy wrists. <laughs> You're revolting. You're like the marshmallow man from Ghostbusters. Yeah, so like, but but what it is, is um, it shows that there's a sort of global... It's corporate culture. I said about this on the truce and it's bloody well come to pass. I told you, you let them in, they'll fuck with your eggs. Yeah, but if that's what's happening to eggs, what about drugs and, you know, other stuff, like important stuff, pharmaceuticals? Do you, Do you think they're messing with our drugs as well? Pharmaceuticals. Do you remember when Pharmaceuticals. Pfizer... Oh, where's me pharmaceuticals? Where's me pharmaceuticals? It's happening again. It's in me purse. Look, all me pharmaceuticals taste of soap. No, Pfizer were buying... There was something going on when they were trying to buy companies, weren't they? And they're all I gonna... think they name these companies too much like they sound evil. Like Pfizer. It can't be good, can it? Something that's called Pfizer. I've undone yeah. my microphone and I regret it. Just do it up again. Earlier on, we found out about a fracking company. They're called Quadrilla. Really? That sounds like it. we're evil. Sounds like it? evil. Might as well be called Quadrilla. You know the Quadrilla project? It's out of control. <laughs> Quadrilla. <laughs> that was quite a good high note, wasn't it? That was pretty good, yeah. Do you wear your key around your neck? No. Well, what is that? What's going on? Oh, that's um, a Hold secret. On. What? Why have you got a key around your neck? Because my wife wears a special pair of metal knickers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame her. If I was married to you, I would. Um, no, it's just a thing. You get this like a thing in LA. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, it but the mean? homeless make them and they put words on them and then What's mine says create. And then you, at some point in your life, hand it to someone else who you think needs that message or something. Oh, that's nice. I'm Did never going to give it to anyone because I you like it. Me? Fuck off. <laughs> Give us your homeless key. I like it. You've got not entered into the spirit of it. It's the homeless people who are trying to better themselves do it. Yeah, and that's the... not the point. You enter the spirit. Well, I want another one. Hand back. it on. Give me a key. I'll get you. I've got the keys to my nan's house somewhere. If it doesn't say create on it, it probably says Yale. <laughs> that's not going to help Yale! Life, is it? 
<laughs> yeah, yo. Okay, so it's been an incredible show, hasn't it? I mean, we could go on forever. And in fact, let's face it, we're going to do another show next week. So uh, let's summarise us trying our hardest to create comedy with uh, the poet laureate of this podcast. I mean, if we're going, do you want us to use such an official title anymore? Or should we just? Call, I mean, be poet laureate. I always enjoyed saying it. Okay, okay poet laureate, Michelle. Yeah. From the east to the west on a spiritual quest, in this transitory life, socks can fill a treasure chest. In this world of sport and play that forms the order of the day, try bowling for a fun time when there's restrictions on your lane. Can you learn to love this life, embrace its wonders and its strife, and elevate the humble hedgehog to value all its spikes? Our world is ruled by many urges in our endless search for love, hoping a cream egg provides the answers when we all just want a hug. Excellent work from Mr. G. There will be more next week from the podcast. (laughs) My microphone. Thank you for downloading our podcast. You will not be charged for it because we've uh, we're putting adverts in it. Don't blame us for those adverts. (laughs) That's why we did the adverts. Buy a cream egg. Read a Philip Larkin poem. Go and see a saint. Now fuck off. (laughs) Brought to you by Audio Boom. 